Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm your host, Meredith Curtis. Today we are talking about a serious topic, how sexual predators groom their victims and what to do about it. I don't know why, but I'm really uncomfortable with this young woman who wants to spend time with my daughter, a friend confided in me one day. She wanted to take her out for ice cream, but I said no. I thought that was really strange, so I drew her out, and she shared some things with me. It didn't take long for me to realize that the young woman was exhibiting grooming behaviors, and while she might not be a pedophile, there were enough red lights that warranted my friend from protecting her daughter from that kind of relationship. Some statistics say that one out of four girls and one out of five boys are sexually abused before they turn 18. And here is the sad thing. Most of these abusers are family members or close family friends. Some are church members. I have gone through so much as a pastor's wife. There was a young man that we knew of after ministering to his wife. He had videotaped his stepdaughter and his stepdaughter's best friend while they were dressing. He'd installed a security camera and would watch them. And... They were both, of course, under 18. Later, he dated the best friend after his wife kicked him out. And that best friend never knew what he had done. And he took away her innocence before he moved on to another victim. Now, here's the sad thing. He was helping out with the youth group at his church. So all the while living a life that on the outside he seemed friendly, he seemed kind, he seemed like he even loved the Lord. I have another friend who when he was a young boy, his mother left him with a nanny while she worked. She was a single mom and the nanny molested him when he was a little boy. Another young man that I know had a friend of his father's in fact his father's best friend take a special interest in him and do fun things with him and really treat him like one of his sons only he spent years and years grooming him until one day he raped him and my friend was so ashamed and blamed himself that he never reported it to anyone so you see the gamut of what I'm talking about Sexual predators are not just men. They can be women, too, although the majority are men. And no one is safe. You don't need to just protect your daughter. You need to protect your sons as well. The thing about all of the situations that I told you about is that these men and women all groomed their future victims before they touched them, long before they touched them. Grooming takes time and involves a step-by-step process to break down natural barriers. And I'm going to walk you through the process of what they do, but by natural barriers, I mean that sense inside of a child to say, no, this is wrong, I'm going to tell someone, I'm going to get help, because it usually comes so far into the relationship 
that the victim actually feels responsible to a degree for what has happened. So predators will target a victim and they'll gain that victim's trust. Usually they'll fill a void in the child's life or the teen's life and create a special bond while isolating them. They often desensitize them little by little before actually abusing them. And after they abuse them, they maintain control with shame and with blame. So let me walk you through this process of grooming. I know this is not a fun, fun talk, and it's not a fun, fun topic, but honestly, this is a timely message. And for those of us who are living and trying to raise godly children in this culture, I'm going to tell you something. Our culture is so over-sexualized. Pornography is one of the rapidlyest growing industries in America, and pedophilia is almost always associated with child pornography. So anyway, it's serious stuff. I was talking to a police officer after it had come to light that some young women had been molested by their father. And he was just telling me, he said, Meredith, you have no idea how much sexual abuse has grown right along with the rise in child pornography. He said, just it's, it's grown a hundredfold and then 200 fold. And it, it just increases almost every day. And he was so sad. And what a terrible job. But, you know, we have a serious job of protecting our children, the ones we love. And so as you listen to these things I share with you, don't tune me out. Don't go listen to another talk. But but listen with a prayerful heart and allow yourself to understand a little bit of how predators think they have sick minds and they're very, very manipulative. And so allow yourself to learn about this so that you can protect your children and you can keep them safe and possibly stop a predator in their tracks. I told you that their methods that predators use, it's called grooming. They groom their victims. So as I share these things with you, you may recognize harmful behaviors and you can put a stop to it before it reaches the critical stages. Now, pedophiles are not easy to spot. They look just like a normal person. On the outside, they are a normal person. They're usually friendly. They're good with children. They're good natured. They're likable. And often what makes it even harder is not only do predators befriend the child, they often befriend the caregivers, the parents, the teachers too. So they're really good at deceiving people and creating an illusion of a good person, a likable, caring person. And underneath it's, you know how Jesus talked about when he was talking to the Pharisees, he was telling them that they came across like these wonderful godly people, but inside they were just whitewashed tombs. They were full of dead man's bones. And this is the kind of person that we are talking about. It's really important in building relationships with people and allowing your children to build relationships with people that you know the fruit of a person's life 
and it's easy for us to make excuses for people that we like, but that can be dangerous for our children. A predator's goal is to gradually increase access to a child or teenager so they can engage in sexual activity with them. So it's definitely a premeditated crime. They'll pay special attention to a child or teen to make them feel honored. So they'll go out of their way and the teen will say, wow, that person pays so much attention to me. They really care about me. They really like me. And when they don't get to see them or they don't pay special attention to them, they feel sad and they feel hurt. So, and as I share these things with you, I'm not saying that any person who reaches out to your child and pays special attention to your child is a pedophile or or even a predator because some predators can just do it for their own selfish gains or emotional abuse or things like that but if you see that behavior and it's just targeting your child now see someone who is a teen leader they will reach out to all the different teens in the youth group and they'll build relationships with them and initiate, hey, let's go out for coffee, let's go grab a movie. But they won't just zero in on your child or your teen. So that's important. They might give children candy, play games with them, give them tickets to a concert or movie, They'll say something like, oh, you love Carrie Job? I'll get Carrie Job concerts for you. Now, I know that sounds so weird. Like, how could someone sit through a Christian concert and, and have it be malicious? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that this process of grooming is premeditated. When you find someone who is in the process of trying to do this to your child, they have probably done it to many children before, and they're getting better at it each time, I'm sorry to say. So a pedophile or a predator will provide a listening ear to lonely teens or children, especially children or teens that are not getting along with their parents. So they'll say, well, your parents don't understand you. But I understand you. I was just like you when I was a teenager. And they'll be identifying with them. Or, well, I know you feel left out all the time and your parents don't get it. But I was like that as a child. I was always the last one picked for a team. And so they try to form this special bond with the child. This is really sad. If you're a single parent, please listen to this. Predators will often form relationships with a single mom just to get to the children and they become indispensable to the mom they offer to babysit so it's so sad just honestly I'm telling you giving this talk is so hard for me talking about these things is so hard and the only reason I'm doing this talk is because I felt like the Lord wanted me to give this talk and because through the years of ministry Sexual abuse has gone from something kind of isolated in our ministry, like 
something here, something there. And now I run into it all the time. And so many people that as they come into our church and I meet with them and talk to them and there's just this tale unraveled of sexual abuse. It is really sad. And this is what happens to a nation when a nation turns their back on God. It becomes filled with evil. And unfortunately, the people who suffer often are the innocent, like our children. So a predator will compliment They'll show interest in your child or teen, and then they'll learn the child or teen's habits and likes and dislikes. So they'll do something special. I know you like rutabaga, so I bought rutabaga. I don't know anyone who likes rutabaga, but I'm trying to bring some lightness to this talk. And they'll pretend to share common interests. Oh, you love tennis? I love tennis. And so they're they're basically pursuing them relationally to make your child or teen feel completely loved and completely safe with this person. But one thing you'll notice, so that's that sounds nice, right? You know, like they really care about my child, but they will isolate your child. In other words, the relationship they'll have with your child will be exclusive, not inclusive. So they won't say, hey, can I take all your kids out? to a movie, they'll say, hey, can I take your daughter so-and-so to a movie? It will be an isolation type of relationship. And that is one of the warning signs. Finally, they'll begin to do things like sharing secrets, keeping secrets. They'll say, don't tell your mom, but here, I know you love this kind of candy, but your mom doesn't let you eat it, so I got it for you. Now, what they're doing there is they're kind of testing the child. Will the child keep the secret from mom? Because what a pedophile, a predator needs to be successful is to find a victim that will keep the secret. And so that is in the beginning where it happens. They'll try to break down bonds with parents, friends, and siblings. I'm going to tell you something that is bizarre, but this this is a true story. So there was this young man, he was 17, and there was a man who called him, and the first words out of his mouth were, I know your parents don't want me to call you, but you're almost 18, and you can make that decision yourself. Wow. So this guy is right away revealing his intention to get this child to interact with him and not have the parents know. So he's just coming right out and saying, and that's unusual. Usually that's a few steps down the road, but just coming right out and saying, hey, I know your parents don't want you to hang out with me, but that's going to be your call and kind of stirring up that breaking of the bond. One of the things that's the saddest, and I hope this never, ever happens to you, but is when a father will molest his children, one of his children or several of them. And one of the things that they will often do is they will break down 
the relationship between the mother and the children. They might say something like, oh, your mom doesn't care what you do, but I care about you. Or your mom is so emotional, we'll have to keep this broken vase from her because she would get so upset if you knew. So that's he'll begin to isolate the children emotionally from the mom, not physically, but emotionally where they're not able to trust the mom or they're not, they're they see the mom as weak, so they don't think that she'll defend them, or they see the mom as not caring. So that's that's pretty pretty common technique. As the process moves on, a predator will try to involve a child in an activity that requires them to be alone together. Maybe hiking in the woods, stargazing at night, camping just something where they're alone. And if a predator can get a child to change their clothes in that situation or stay overnight in their home, that's an open door for abuse. So here's an example of of that that I've seen happen is this, this man who turned out to be a, a predator was reaching out to this young man inviting him to lunch and stuff like that. So they had gone to lunch a few times and then he said, well, let's just meet in my car so we can talk more privately. And so he had the young man meet him in a deserted parking lot and they ate their lunch in the car. And, and so that immediately should send warning signals off and it did and the parents shut the relationship down that was that was to them they thought oh well he's wanting to spend all this time with my son but now he's because the son of course told them everything and I'm going to talk about that one of the most important things that you can tell your child and your teenager never keep secrets from your mom and dad tell your mom and dad everything don't keep secrets And that is really significant because that is how predators gain access by getting the child eventually to keep secrets from their parents. Um, So once once a a predator is going through this process of, of isolating the child and making them feel special and trying to remember I told you they're trying to win the parents too so the first physical contact between a predator and his victim is always almost always non-sexual it could be brushing hair stroking the face putting an arm around the shoulder but it's it's not like a quick hug. It's the arm is, is around the shoulder and it's staying. Well, it would start with a quick hug or a back rub. And this doesn't mean touching is wrong. The Bible tells us to show affection to one another. But if something rubs you the wrong way, if a touch lingers or if it seems intimate, go with your gut, you know, and teach your children. If you're uncomfortable with someone touching you, don't let them touch you. Say, I'm not comfortable with you touching me. Get your arm off me, you know, and that's okay. That is important for every person to have autonomy about being touched 
or not touch. That is, that is an intimate thing, and it, it is a personal decision. So another thing that a predator will do will be cross boundaries. So say a predator knows that parents don't like the child to eat sugar or maybe the family's vegetarian, then they would give the child meat or they would give the child sugar or the parents eat really healthy. They would take them, they would give them fast food. So they're going to do something to cross a boundary. And then of course, add, don't tell your parents. They might if the child wonders what smoking is like, they might give them a cigarette. Don't tell your parents or give them alcohol, buy them a beer, something that they're too young to do, but they want to do. They'll try to do that with, of course, don't tell your parents. So they come across as this cool friend who just happens to be older and have access to things that I want. When they introduce sexual content, it will almost always be something like this, pretending to brush up against them or touch them inappropriately by accident and then say, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Another thing, they might tell dirty jokes or talk about sex or show pornography to to their victim or show them their private parts or want to see their... See, that is... That is how they will begin to move into the sexual realm. And so if your child is alone with someone and they tell them a dirty joke, that's a big, big warning sign. And I'll be honest with you. If I know that someone struggles with pornography, I don't let my kids alone with them ever. And I know for some people that sounds, wow, harsh, but I'm sorry. I just, I'm sure, you know, that they might be safe, but I am not going to risk it with my children. And of course, you can't just ask someone, you know, oh, do you struggle with child pornography? Because that's a crime and no one will ever admit to it. So acceptable touches linger and eventually involve private areas or seeing one another naked. And then at that point, your child is hooked in this relationship with this person because what they will do is they will treat the child as a co-conspirator. They'll say, your parents would be so angry if they knew what we were doing. Well, no, his parents wouldn't be angry. They would be angry at the predator. Her parents wouldn't be angry at her. They would be angry at the predator. But children are impressionable. Teenagers are impressionable, especially if a teen is having a rocky time with their parents. Or the, the predator might say, this would kill your mom if she knew. See, a victim's ability to reason and protect themselves is greatly overshadowed by the pedophile's ability to exaggerate and manipulate. So predators are very manipulative and you have to realize that they are so manipulative and they arouse sympathy for themselves or compassion. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've experienced myself and seen. Victims often start to feel responsibility for the crime because of that, because of this ability of a, a predator to make the victim a co-conspirator as if they've both decided to do this and the world doesn't understand. And I have to believe that this kind of evil 
has to involve mental illness because how do you do this? I mean, how do you really do this? But I don't know. But the bottom line is there is an evil intent in these people. So realize that there is an evil intent in these people. Sexual abuse is a crime. And if you find out your child has been abused, you should report it. Sexual abusers always move on to the next victim. Do not think that they will stop. It doesn't matter what they say. Do not think they will stop. I have a good friend and she was abused as a child by her uncle who also abused his own daughter. But the family never talked about it. They found out about it. They kind of separated. Eventually the wife divorced this uncle and the uncle went on to remarry and become a foster parent. And guess who he and his wife always fostered? Girls that were the same age as my friend when she was sexually abused. So when it came to the light, this was years later, when she found out that this uncle was fostering young girls, she just felt a compulsion and a conviction to report him to the police. So she did. And he was arrested, and it turned out he was abusing these girls, and he served time in jail, got out of jail. Some other girls came forward that he had abused them. He went back into jail, got out, and other girls came forward, and he went back into jail and in the state he lives in if you're arrested three times you do not get parole so I'm sharing this with you to say all that time if they would have reported him to the police he would at the very least be listed as a pedophile so that people would know he's moving into our area he wouldn't have been able to be a foster parent and so at least it would have potentially prevented some of the other abuse. So if someone sexually abuses you, teens, if you're listening, if someone sexually abuses you, report it to the police. I want to talk a minute about online grooming because online grooming is really similar to the kind of grooming that I talked about. The difference is, of course, it's online. So the person doesn't meet the predator for quite a while in person. Sometimes online predators just want photos and things like that that happen online. It, it's an evil world, I know. This, this is so hard for me to talk about. A predator often appears kind and helpful online. They'll initiate and cultivate a friendship with the child or teen that eventually will result in taking or sending sexual photos, sexting, or meeting in real life to engage in sexual activities or sex trafficking. So the online world is a dangerous world, guys. And online grooming follows the same pattern of filling the void, making them feel special, isolation. But here's something interesting. Boundary testing is an additional part of online grooming. They will actually gauge the level of threat from parents by asking the 
child or teen how their devices are monitored. So they, uh, most of the time they will actually ask that and find that out. If your child is secretive about online activities, check it out really fast. Don't allow computers or phones or anything where they go online, a tablet, anything, to go behind closed doors. Not a Game Boy, nothing. Anything they use where they're online, if they're playing Minecraft online, they need to do it in the family room. I love what Felice does. Felice puts... All the phones go in a basket at night before all the kids go to bed, so no one takes phones to bed. But we do not allow laptops, computers, nothing behind closed doors. It's just a protection that whatever you're doing online, someone can walk behind you and see it. It's a protection for you. So there are apps that are favored by online predators, and all of those apps have the following in common. You can give and receive messages. You can track locations, you can exchange photos and videos, you can stream live video, and you can hide content. Guys, I have these notes. These notes are online, and I'm going to talk about a couple of other things, and you're going to want to grab the notes and maybe cut and paste them or or tab that, that page. Online predators use different apps to get to teens and kids. And here's some of the apps they use. Yubu, Saraha, Kick, Scout, Whisper, Grinder, Tinder, Musical, Dot Lee, Hot or Note, and Wishbone. Now, Wishbone sounds so innocent to me. Isn't that sick? And also here are some potentially dangerous chat site websites. Again, these are all in my notes. Um, Omegly.com, chatroulette.com, chatavenue.com, chatstep.com, chatrandom.com, camzap.com, tinychat.com, and tola.com. And predators also connect with kids playing online games through their chat feature. And here are the games, and this shocked me, Fortnite, Minecraft, Discord. Now, there are a lot of other places they find, but these are the most common. And these sites are from police officers who are tracking and the FBI who are tracking these people who are predators and are looking for kids. So if you're a teen right now, what can you do? Pray for the Lord to protect you and give you wisdom in your relationships and in your online activity. And I mean pray every day. We do live in an evil world. Don't hang out with people your parents don't approve of. Parents are given to you to protect you. And if they don't approve of someone, just trust them. Don't build private relationships. Make sure that your parents know every person you have a relationship with. Don't build private relationships. Friendships should be inclusive, not exclusive. So if you're with your friend and other people come up, they should say, oh, wow, look who's joining us. Not, oh, now we can't be alone. That's the toxic relationship. When someone tries to isolate you and cut off other relationships or distance you from other relationships, that's toxic and you need to get away. Don't spend time with someone who gives you the creeps. Tell your parents, this guy gives me the creeps. Please don't let me get a ride with him anymore. I'm really uncomfortable. Don't keep secrets from your parents. Tell them 
everything. Teens, don't let someone show you physical affection if you're uncomfortable with it. Say, I'm so sorry, but I'd rather you not kiss me on the cheek. I'm just not comfortable with that. Tell your parents and siblings all about the sites you visit online, games you play online, friends you make, and people you chat with. Don't just tell your parents. Tell your siblings because I know my siblings are really good at keeping each other accountable and, and protecting each other and checking up on each other. If you're involved in an inappropriate relationship, go immediately to your parents or pastor. Never, ever, ever be alone with that person again. If you have been the victim of a predator or right now you feel like you might be the victim of a predator, remember this, grooming is not your fault. The groomer is sick, deranged, and choosing to be evil. Get away. Get away, get away, get away. If someone has exposed themselves to you, shown you pornography, touched you, made you touch them, or raped you, they have sinned against you, and it is a crime. Call the police, report them to the police. A couple things I would suggest to protect your kids online would be Bark. And I have the website that you can install that on your electronics to keep kids safe from predators and then protection from pornography would be covenant eyes and I have the website for that on my notes and now this is for parents so I've told teens this is what they can do parents pray for your children every day be aware and be vigilant pay attention to every attachment and friendship your child develops build a strong trust relationship with your child so they will tell you anything and everything this starts as young as possible if you're listening to me and your child is 17 do it now if you're listening to me and your child is four do it now tell your kids all the time you know what you can tell mommy anything you know what daddy will listen to anything that you have to say and build a trust relationship where when your children do tell you hard things you don't react with anger you react in a loving way to help them and to protect them teach your child what is appropriate and inappropriate affection and for different cultures for different families that can mean different things but if it's okay for your aunt to kiss you on the lips is it okay for the neighbor next door to kiss you on the lips no so teach your child what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Have open and honest talks about sex, anatomy, and privacy. And teach your child to reverence their body, to protect the parts that are private, and to realize that if an adult or even an older teen tries to touch you or to see those private places, they are sinning against you you haven't done anything wrong they are sinning against you and they are committing a crime teach your children that so they know set up rules and boundaries and I'm going to tell you we have a rule and boundary in our house it's called the Billy Graham rule so I don't ride alone with any guys Mike doesn't my husband doesn't ride alone with women and our children we never let our children ride alone with someone of the opposite sex so we now we've actually tweaked that so to protect our children I probably wouldn't let them drive alone with any just adult by themselves honestly unless they're a family member 
But we had this friend that was hanging around so nice, always helping us do stuff around the house, very kind to our children, bringing them things, doing them things, bought one of my children a phone, and I should have, like, thought, hmm, that's kind of odd. But, you know, sometimes people are just generous. And But anyway, this person kept saying to me, can I give so-and-so a ride alone? I mean, you can trust me, you know me, and would this be okay? It was one of my daughters. And I said, no. And this is what I mean, they're so manipulative. This person said, oh my goodness, don't you trust me? Have I done something? And they almost cried. And I was like, I felt so guilty, you know? I didn't know I was being manipulated. I just felt guilty. And I said, no, I'm so sorry. This is just how we live. And I'm not going to be moved by that. Anyway, it turned out later, I found out two years later that this person was a pedophile. I had no idea. And the Lord protected my daughter and others, other girls in the church, just many of us families had the same kind of rule because none of us would let our daughters be alone with this person. And so have boundaries, have rules, and do not flinch when someone tries to cause you to break them. And for me, that really protected my child. If someone gives you the creeps, don't let your children be around them. I know that sounds judgmental, but sometimes you just know something isn't right. Go with your gut, be nice, be kind, but just never let your children be alone with them. At our church, there has to be two adults who are not living in the same household in all of our Sunday school and nursery. And that is, of course, for insurance purposes, but it is also to protect all of our children, all of our teens. So we do that, and we usually have a teen helper as well. So there's actually three people with our children, with our teenagers, or more. And that is a good way to keep children and keep teenagers safe. We also have high standards for helping with ministries that involve teens and children. So we don't just let someone um, help out. They have to have a background check, and that will, of course, expose if they've ever been in the past charged with being a pedophile. And also we try to find out about their character and things like that. So what else can parents do? Visit ballet class, sports practice, hangouts, friends' homes where your teens and children are playing, where your co-op classes, teen group, anywhere your children or teens hang out. Visit those places unannounced and make sure that you have a piece about them. Have access to all of your preteens and teens' social media accounts. Don't let your children have them yet, please. Including friends, private messaging, everything. Tell your teens, this is for your protection. It's not that I want to read your personal messages. Read comments on your teens' posts, but realize most of the relationships that are predatorial will be in messages and they favor places where things can be deleted. Don't allow teens to build friendships online that you're not part of. 
so don't let them just accept a friend request with someone that you don't know. Grooming is not your child or teen's fault. A groomer is sick, deranged, and choosing to be evil. Get your child teen to safety. For example, one of the things that I think is important for teenagers is to have a private Instagram, a private Facebook because I know like I have a public account because I'm a publisher because I sell books and so my Facebook is public but that means that random people will friend request me will comment on photos and things like that I usually do my photos so that only friends and friends of friends can see them but just realize like if your teen has a Facebook account and they're posting like a beautiful picture of themselves and their account is public on Instagram or Facebook or all of these other sites, predators see it. So, you know, make private accounts are probably the most safe. If someone has exposed themselves to your child, shown your child pornography, touched your child, made your child touch them, or raped your child, they have sinned against your child. And also, it is a crime. Report it to the police and do not think when they apologize and say they're sorry and they will never do it again that it is true. It isn't true. There will be another victim. So stop the perpetrator of a crime, the predator, the pedophile now. And don't let him continue on. I know this has been a really, really heavy talk. We didn't even have a commercial because I just didn't feel like it would be appropriate. Please, please take seriously to heart what I've shared and protect your children. The world is evil and it is becoming more evil. And until God brings a massive revival, there are just things going on in the world right now that we need to protect our children from. And I hope that hearing this talk has not made you feel scared or fearful because I hope it's made you determine in your heart, I'm going to be vigilant. I'm going to take action. I'm going to protect my child. And I think all of us can help each other as well. But our children's innocence, their purity, is so worth protecting. And again, this is something I just feel like the Lord wants me to share. When we were reading City of God by St. Augustine, that's an old book. It was written in the 400s, but we were doing a Western literature class. And we had some easy books that we read, but then we had this really hard one. And St. Augustine was a bishop of Hippo at a time when barbarians were beginning to overrun the Roman Empire. And so when they would come in and they would capture a city, they would rape the women and attack them and things like that. It was very horrific. And so what does that have to do with St. Augustine's book, City of God? Well, it has to do with this. He spends several chapters talking about what does it mean for a man or woman who has been sexually abused in any way. Yeah, he did. In 400, he talked about this. And he goes chapter after chapter and makes it very, very clear that if a woman is raped, she is still pure before the Lord. It has not defiled her because it was done to her, not with her consent, not with her permission. 
And this is, you think, well, of course, silly. No. This is so critical for you to know. If your children have in any way been touched, been forced to touch another person, had someone show, show themselves to them or, you know, exposed themselves or been raped, they need to know that they are still pure. That has not touched their purity. And it doesn't seem important to you unless it's happened to you. And when it's happened to you, you feel so dirty and so full of shame. So make sure that you communicate. You are still pure. You are undefiled. This person is evil. This is something that has been done to you. It does not affect who you are. You are still pure. You are still innocent. That is so critical for children and teens to know, anyone to know who has been sexually abused in any way. And so as I end this talk, I just want to say, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking this to heart. And I am praying for families everywhere that they will have wisdom and understanding and be able to protect our children. God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.